Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined again by Stephanie Hanlon Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I open a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. Today, more than any time before, we believe that we're living in and through what is unfolding as one of the most impactful global events in history. The COVID pandemic is driving never-before-seen change in the world, which is leading to escalating confusion, uncertainty, and ultimately, fear. Your view of the world, or more specifically, your view of your world, represents how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it, whether it is the growing societal divisiveness, the need to pivot in a business or career, or for many, the shifting family dynamics, few have trained for or know how to prepare for what is unfolding before us. However you are experiencing what is happening in your world, Stephanie and I are committed to guiding and supporting, facilitating deeper conversations in the realm of our mental, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being. These Mindset Matters episodes are intended to provide a context of what are bigger and deeper conversations that we hope inspire you to ask yourself different questions or to pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We invite you to check in, to ask yourself, is the path you're on the best path for your journey? And are you still clear on your intended destination or has it changed? Our intention for each Mindset Matters episode is to provide you useful tools that you can apply in your life to help you in taking meaningful steps in achieving your vision, your goals, to be your greatest self and live your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Stephanie Hanlon Francie, welcome. Here we are. Today we're talking about the champion's paradox. One of my favorite topics and one I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable to unpack today. Okay, well, we're going to do it anyways. And <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly. I want you to define champion's paradox. Uh, but before we get there, you know, we were talking uh, before we got online and we were talking about Dr. John Martini, one of our coaches over the years, directly and indirectly. And he uses a phrase along the lines that our maximum growth and development is at the, I'm going to say the border or maybe the precipice. I don't know. It's either right way. Right now it's the precipice. Okay. Okay. At the precipice of support and criticism. We all aren't big fans of criticism, depending on uh, how we look at it. And that's really, I think, a little bit about the conversation today is how we realize, how we come to realize what criticism can be and what it can mean to us and why it is that criticism pushes our buttons. So we'll get into that. Now, with that context, that our development, our growth and our developments at the precipice of support and criticism, I repeat, what is that? Where does the champion's paradox fit in that? context. Well, that truly is the almost the definition of the champion's paradox. What I've learned over the years is that when we set a goal, you know, that's outside of our realm of what we think is possible, or even setting a goal that's a little bit of a stretch, a mini crisis goes off in our minds. And all that we hear for weeks or days or minutes on end is how we can't do it. We can't do it. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I don't have enough money. I'm too unfit. I'm too, I don't have enough information. I need more information. I don't have the knowledge. So there's always these reasons why we can't have it. 
And what I've learned over the years is what I call the champion's paradox. Now, the minute you set a goal and that mini crisis goes off in the mind, it can shut you down. Or does it give you feedback? Does it give you information that you need to draw from so you can go, oh, well, here's something I need to look at in order to move myself towards my goal faster? Huh, interesting. So the ability in holding two completely opposite thoughts in your mind at the same time, I call a champion's paradox. It's a very rare rare quality. And I'm finding it now going into this next Olympics in 2022 in Beijing is that the athletes I work with have been dealing with contraindicating uh, forces, opposites, being told they can do things and, and, and then they know that they can or being given feedback that they know is not true, but at the same time still having to get back up again and, and continue to compete and change and grow. So in order to be a champion or in Dr. Martini's world, in order to be a master at what you do, you have to be able to not just be addicted to and searching for pleasure and avoiding pain or, you know, chasing praise and avoiding criticism, is that we need to bring them both into the same conversation. And in the, in the world of, of uh, uh, performance psychology, we call that neutral thinking. And neutral thinking may not sound like a champion's paradox, but it truly is. It's having the ability to hold a positive and negative thought at the same time and still being able to move through to the direction that you say you want with clarity and commitment. We also call that the quantum collapse, which is knowing that there is never a positive and just a positive or just a negative. There has to be both. And also that anything that's negative or positive is or just our perception of whatever's happening, right? Based on our values. Now, this conversation can go in a lot of directions. I'm going to try and not go off on too many tangents and keep it relatively focused. But these are also values-based conversation. What you just described, what you just described is having self-awareness and understanding, to your point, you set that vision or you think about setting a vision. You want to set a goal or you think about setting a goal, but then right away, monkey brain kicks in and goes, who the hell do you think you are? You're not smart enough. You're not tall enough. You're not rich enough. You're not enough. Okay. Monkey brain kicks in. And then you have to have the awareness to be the observer of that and go, that's just monkey brain. That's just my bullshit telling me stories. To your point, we look at all those negative thoughts that we have, then the champion's paradox is being able to collapse that into the other side, which number, and the first part of that is just acknowledging that it is just monkey chatter, brain chatter, right? Is that? I'm oh a- yeah, absolutely monkey brain. But the thing is that we're not taught young enough or early enough on just us regular people that monkey brain's a thing. You know, we think that, you know, my, one of my favorite lines ever is stop believing everything you think, <laughs> right? I love that. Stop yeah. it because <laughs> it's, so it's true. not true. You know, you're getting this feedback and then you're getting all this one-sided information from the mainstream media and then you're getting all this reinforcement, one side, one side, one side. And anytime you make a commitment to one side, you're going to find proof and evidence all over the place that you're right. not good enough. Well, and, but yeah, so here's a really cool thought process around. I don't want to lose track of this. This is a great thought process, a great it's not a rabbit hole, but let's just continue on with this thought process because here's the thing. There is nobody that criticizes us more than us ourselves, right? Let's just face it. That is the truth. And we can think it's not the truth, but it's 100% the truth. And, you know, we see this, for example, uh, you know, because we do have some public persona. I mean, certainly not a lot relative to many a lot, but 
to many where we don't matter, you know, like this is like, who the hell are they? There's <laughs> the bubble lip. <laughs> but the point is, is that when you put yourself out there, you are susceptible to having people put you on a pedestal, which we work very hard at going, don't do that. We're just classic fuck ups, the same as everybody else. Like there is nothing around any of that. So the point is they can be put on a print and we do that for our own, but like number one, we believe it. Number two is that we don't want people to put us on a pedestal because that just sets us up to fail. Like, I don't want that pressure. Like I'm just a guy trying to figure shit out and happy to take people on a journey. And I've screwed up more than anybody as far as I'm concerned. My point is this, the other side of that is that we also put ourselves out there for people who don't buy into our values, who go, who the hell are you? And what do you think you are? And they give us criticism. Now that criticism can be hurtful if we, in, in our perception, right? And it actually, we can have people that are intending to hurt. They're yes. actually directing that criticism at us personally, because generally it's about them, not about us. And that's always one of the things you got to get back to. So the question is this, we look at that criticism, we have to assess it. Champion's paradox. Okay. Praise versus criticism. What do we do? Well, we embrace both. I mean, if I'm not getting criticized, if I'm not checking in with what I'm saying, then I have to always be aware of my ego. And if you're only going to live on one side of the champion's paradox and seek praise and seek pleasure and only go and only hang around with people that think you're awesome and you're, you're only, you're building a false sen a fantasy of what's real and your life can only go so far. Your success can only go so far because one tiny little criticism or one little poke is going to just break you. Now, I always say to the athletes, okay, and especially when I get gratitude or a lot of, in some cases, a lot of feedback that the work that I'm doing is making a difference in their life and they lean towards wanting to give me credit. So when we think about seeking pleasure and, and only wanting feedback and positive results and, and, and rose-colored glasses and only hang out with people that think we're awesome, then we're only living on a fantasy of, of what 50% is available in terms of success or, or what's you know, available to us. If we're not open to criticism or not open to even corrective feedback, that's the great thing about being an athlete is that you're getting feedback all the time. And it, and it starts to build the resilience muscle of getting feedback and of criticism and of learning how to fold criticism in as a gift. Because if we don't have that gift of, of neutral thinking, then we're only going to live on one side of what Demartini calls the quantum. And when you live on one side and you're pretending that everything is going to be great, any little poke is going to send you for a loop. You're not going to be able to survive it. And the paradox in itself is that your ability to hold two completely opposing thoughts at the same time in order to make rational decisions that move the entire process forward. But if you're only making decisions based on the fact that you're trying to avoid criticism or avoid pain or embrace pleasure or only, then you're not going to get the goal that you say that you want because you're only living on 50% of what's available to you. That's what I love about the champion's paradox is that I always say to the athletes, they give me a little bit of props every once in a while for helping them get their goals and getting them to the next level. And they want to give me credit. And I say, you know what? Thank you for that. I don't disacknowledge it. I am, I appreciate the acknowledgement. But if you're going to give me credit for your success, then you're also going to make me take credit for your failure. I said, and I'm not on the top of the podium with you. So as your coach, my job is to teach you both sides. And then people that you surround yourself with, they also have to have balance, knowing that if you are taking credit, 
for somebody's failure, you're taking credit for somebody's success, then you're not allowing their particular journey to unfold the way that it should for them. That to me is really also an important key understanding the champion's paradox. Well, there in all of that, that's so cool. Like that's such a great point to make. You know, it's even in our own self-assessment, right? When we're succeeding, we're the bomb. Like we're like, are we awesome or what? I did this deal, I made this much money, I hit this goal, I'm awesome, awesome, awesome. But when we shit the bed, when we fail, we, I don't want, I, I just say in general terms, first thing is people look for somebody to blame, circumstances to blame, you know, and- it's they not my fault. Not my fault. So, you know, if life is a shit show on the other side of that success is you can't have, you got to, you know, own it. You know, somewhere along the lines, right? And often, as what we've learned, and I, and I, I, once again, I try and put it in context of what my own journey of learning has been. One of the most difficult things that I hear, and even if it's not criticism, and and this is something I've had to train myself over the past few years, particularly, you know, the more responsibility you have, you know, I step in as CEO, I go through partnership crashes, and those kind of that kind of drama puts a lot of pressure on me, and I really realize that I hear conversations and one of the conversations that I'm hearing from people, even though there's no criticism in it, I hear it as I, I used to hear it as criticism. And I had to, that, then when that was pointed out to me by a coach of mine, Alan Kahn, many years ago now, uh, at the time, I think it was Alan or Anarog, one of them pointed out to me and it was like, they go, PF, what the hell are you doing? Like, nobody's criticizing you, but you take it as that. You've, you've seen that pattern in me. And, and so I've had to step back, listen to it, acknowledge the feeling, going, this feels like criticism. It sounds like criticism to me. And then I've had to say, but I know it's not because it's not coming from that place. This is feedback. This is a part of my feedback loop. And now it doesn't even dawn, like it doesn't even occur to me. But that was a trained thing. That was a trained thing. It is a trained thing because criticism is also something that doesn't have to be negative. Mm -hmm. And we take it as negative because back in the day, our dad or our mom or our teacher or sure. coach or whatever was constantly criticizing. And I remember saying to, you know, to athletes, especially hockey players and the sensitivity, and I found young men to be extremely sensitive when they were doing this work. Um, and then I would have to say to them, you know what my job is, right? As your instructor, as your coach, as your performance consultant, my job is to give you feedback to make you better. My job isn't to keep telling you what you're great at. You have people around you that are going to do that all the time, whether it's fans or the media. They're going to pump your tires. They're going to tell you how great you are, which is great. So let's put a check mark beside that and then dig in deeper as to where the knowledge and where the magic could be when it comes from what's not working. Mm -hmm. So it's not criticism. It's not that you're a bad person. It's not that I don't believe in you. It's just that I want to be able to draw that side of you out so that you have a bigger uh, space of skill set to draw from. Because the higher you want to go on the journey of being a champion, the more you're going to have to take the hits, especially right now. Gosh, social media, the things that these skaters have to put up with, they're having to build their brands and they're having to build things that maybe aren't always true because they're so terrified of having that criticism or that negative feedback. They're putting themselves out there all the time, not just to be judged by the judges, but by the general population. You know, I get a, a negative comment on a Facebook post or on this, um, on 
on on a, a mindset matters thing and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's the gift in that? What is it that I'm not paying attention to? What can I, you know, and it does it hurt? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if we're getting criticism or quote unquote corrective feedback from people that aren't in the arena. Mm-hmm. They don't have any skin in the game. They're mm-hmm. just observing us or me judging because it doesn't fit with their values or it doesn't fit with the narrative of their own life right now. And I'm going to take that on as something to, to, to change my values around. Screw that, mm-hmm. you know? And when I see that more and more with the athletes, it's like, okay, let's identify the people that are criticizing you negatively. Let's find the gift in that. Let's find the magic in that. Because if you can, and you can start to really remove all of that kind of fear out of how you're moving yourself forward, then you can say, bring it on. Bring it on, criticism people. Bring it on, judges. You know, judge or judgerton. You know, I don't even care anymore because if we don't have that, then we're not making a difference. Well, you have to look at the sources of the criticism. So are they a trusted source? Are they bench warmers? Are they fans? Are they, you know, we talk about it on the in the context of athletes all the time. And 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 I want to just, you know, we talk a lot about athletes and business owners and all the rest of it, but because it's they're easy illustrations. You know, we talk about, you know, the parent or the person sitting on the in in on the benches in in the in the bleachers being that coach, you know, or, or being that referee or whatever the case is. They're not in the game. They're not in the arena. They are act and they don't know you from Adam. They have no or Eve. You know, they don't have any they, they've got no skin in the game, as to your point. So the reality of it is, where does that criticism come from? I look at my own teams and, you know, sometimes I go, you know, tough audience, you know, like they're there. I get no, some days I, got, I go, I'm not getting no love from nobody, but I know where it's coming from. It's not, they're not the last thing that's on their mind of being is a being critical. They know the game that I want to play or your team in your case, the game you want to play is at the highest level. So the feedback is a, of feedback, it is not, uh, you know, it, it could land as criticism, but it's only there to improve to your point. The thing that in general that I think people need to recognize is where and how are you hearing that feedback? Understanding that not all people are gonna share your values. And to your point, we all love the praise. It's all great, great, great. We need the other side. I'm always looking for the other side of the equation. You know, praise is great, but it does nothing for me. It acknowledges me for saying, okay, well, for a cool. second, for a second, I'm on the right path. That worked. Cool. Because that's what I'm driven to do is to, to bring value, to be a contribution. So I'm always looking, is that working? Is that working? Is that working? Are people succeeding? Are they accomplishing what we set out for them to do? In your case, you've got athletes going to an Olympics or, or, or at a competition and they're winning and they're going, cool. That was awesome. I did it really well. Now, on the criticism side of it, how do you handle it? Well, one of the ways that you handle it is you look at it and go, is there truth there? Or where was I that person being critical and judgy? You know, there's if it really pushes your buttons, you have to look at it from a perspective of, where am I that? Where am I that? Mm-hmm. Or where was I that? Like, yeah. where was I that guy being or girl being the critical? The, the judge, the criticism and, and being the person in the stands, you know, yelling at the coach or the, the referee, right? So th- that sometimes is where we put the button that gets pushed. And this is something that can sound a little esoteric for people is that that is often because it's shining a light actually on some part of us that is true of where we were that. Absolutely. Or still are. And, and that's the thing about the champion's paradox is that if we're just looking at one side of that 
paradox and only seeking and, and moving towards positiveness and praise and 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 rose-colored glasses, seeing how we just want to be perceived and we just are seeking it because there's a gap. There's something missing, something that's not being fulfilled. There's a, um, you know, back in the day with one of our coaches, Mike and Andrea Reynolds, they say, which bucket of, of yours isn't being filled? Mm-hmm. You know, is it a love bucket? Is it an, a praise bucket? Is it, you know, do you what work do you have to do to go get that bucket filled? It's your responsibility. You can't look to other people for constant praise. I mean, mm-hmm. that's exhausting. It puts people in a situation where they can't, it, it's not their job. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at myself right now in the coaching team that I have, whether it's with Quantum Speed or Ice Academy Montreal, is that everybody's there with the same purpose. They just want everybody to be great and to get better and to do their own work. Nobody's looking to criticize, but if there's some feedback that comes across as negative, it's because there's a gap and there's something that needs to be fulfilled and we have to do that quickly. Decide, move on, decide, move on. Don't just hang out in thinking that somebody's being mean. Well, come on, grow up. You know, people are giving feedback at the highest level when they want you to win. Think about rain. You know, we want people to win. We want people to do the best that they can in the in, and use real estate as a vehicle to get what they want in their life. No different than I want the athletes to use sport as a vehicle to get what they want in their life. I have no other purpose. Why would I criticize them? Mm-hmm. My only identify, I'm, I'm brilliant at finding gaps and helping people fill those gaps. But if you haven't done your own work, or if you're just a person that is so insecure and so deeply rooted in how damaging negative feedback is, then you're not going to succeed in this realm anyway. So let's talk a little bit about negative feedback and what that, you know, the the differences. So first off, it's normal behavior, human behavior to be critical or to be offended or hurt by criticism. Okay. But let's talk about criticism for a second, how you hear it and the comments is if somebody says to you, you're fat and you got a big nose, you know, like it's a personal shot. Okay. Whatever the, the case may be. Okay. You hear it and that can be hurtful depending on who it's coming from, but just know that's about them. A hundred percent of the time, that's about them. Somebody comes at you and go, that's not the best I've seen you. That's not the best job I've seen you do. I think you could raise the bar or that was really good, but there's some space for you to raise the bar to get to the next level if that's what you want to do. Now, it's how people criticize, how they give you feedback. We'll call it feedback even you know, as part of the feedback loop as opposed to criticism. The point is, back to the beginning of this conversation, is our growth and development lives at the precipice of support and criticism. So in other words, my job is to support you and kick you in the ass as a, as a coach, okay? Or, or that's the job. Now, you get that from people on your team. As a leader of the team, you want to surround yourself with people who are equipped to, number one, take criticism, a feedback loop, a constructive criticism, we'll call it, I guess. But to observe yourself, and this is a big one, always about self-awareness, always. I think. And that is, if you get pissed off and you're hurt, you have to stop and go, why? You have to ask yourself, what is, what's pushing my buttons around this? I thought they loved me. They, you know, if they love me, they wouldn't say that. Okay. Well, dig into, you know, no, seriously, you got to dig under that. What the hell is that all about? Well, I think too, is that where it gets lost in the, in the general conversation and in maybe in families or in, is that there's no permission or there's no request. If I, I'm constantly in request for feedback, 
I don't have a, a definition that feedback's negative or positive. I just know it's feedback, you know, and if if somebody's saying that I need to be better at something, it's because there's an assumption of trust and there's the assumption that they already know that I'm in request for that. So if I'm not in my context of creating the conversation with a client, for example, and they don't have the context and the and the trust that the feedback that I'm giving them is about moving themselves towards their goal, that it isn't just to be mean, then they don't understand the purpose of being in request. And do you know what I mean by when I say you're in, in request of feedback? You need to be willing and open to be. So if somebody starts to give you feedback and you haven't asked for it, or for example, if I'm getting, if I'm in a situation where I'm not asking for feedback and somebody starts downloading, I have to be able to say, I'm not in request. Mm -hmm. This is not the time or place for that. I appreciate what you have to say, but let's, let's take it offline in, in a particular situation. If you're not in request, it can land as really negative and really hurtful, especially if you're not ready for it. But if you're also building the resilience muscles, knowing that any feedback, positive or negative, is just your goal is to get it to neutral so that you can use it in order to move your life forward. But ultimately, um, many people are constantly in defense of, of themselves because A, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear what maybe they're not great at. Um, they don't have the the resilience muscle built because they they can't handle quote unquote criticism because they'll just shut down. And that's what I'm seeing a lot right now is that that any type of feedback or or conversations that may be outside a person's belief system is coming across as criticism, and that's really dangerous. So there's a I don't want to step over uh, you know how do we get to neutral or how do we collapse criticism? Okay, so first and foremost, I want to use a couple of examples. So as speakers and the fact that Rain had many speakers on the stage and and I mean, I can't even think about how many over the years, uh, 20 years of being part of the Rain community uh, that I've supported in being great or sure, being great at speaking. It takes, a, it takes, you know, for somebody to get on stage in front of people, present something that is meaningful and that there's a message there, it takes work, it takes effort. You know, what we've learned, of course, we don't get feedback the minute they walk off the stage. Doesn't matter if they shit the bed, great job. We'll talk about it later. You don't even say that. It's just great job and keep moving on. Keep, stay present to the event, okay? Now, how do we collapse? You know, first and foremost, in when we're looking, when we're in request of feedback, it's in the questions we ask as well. So this was a, a common one for speakers. I'm using it as an example. You could probably use it as, you know, with your athletes. It's like, how'd I do, right? But that's about you. So from a speaker point of view or a performance point of view, or depending on what you're doing, the question is, is did I deliver a great message? Did I, was I clear on what it is I was trying to deliver to the audience? So whatever the question is, it's about stepping back from it and going, what was the intention of what it is that you were doing? And did you achieve that result? So that's what you're looking for feedback on, as opposed to how did I do? Uh, awesome. <laughs> How would I do? Yeah. Well, in sport, for example, if you win, if you get more goals in the net and or you get more points than your opponent, that's how you know there's feedback there. What what I think you're talking about, Patrick, is No, that but I'm talking about performance. I'm talking about sorry, I'm not talking about winning a game. I just want to be clear on that. So that's all. Okay. So yes, go. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but there also is a win in performance. When as a performer, as a speaker, you're you're talking about people on stage and they're doing the best they can. They're trying to deliver content, etc. There's a lot of vulnerability in that. Mm -hmm. There's ego that's attached. So when you say, How did I do? when you step off the stage, the only answer is 
good job, mm-hmm. great job. Mm-hmm. Because until we get the feedback from the audience, for example, or from the membership or whatever, as to what they got out of it, it doesn't matter how well I thought I did. True enough. Right? It doesn't matter. No one cares. Mm-hmm. No one cares. There's a, I call it the 30-30-30 the rule. You know, 30% of the people are going to love me. 30% of the people are going to hate me and what I have to say. And 30% of the people aren't going to care. So who are you presenting to? And if I'm getting feedback and only am only asking for feedback from the 30% of the people of the room that thought I rocked it, then I'm not, then I'm ignoring the 60% or 66 and a half percent, third percent of feedback that I could be getting. So when to your point about giving people feedback, it's understanding that are they ready to receive it? Do they even care? Do they even care? Mm-hmm. Or were they up there just espousing what it is that they were talking? Like, I mean, we've had speakers on the rain stage or on others where I've seen where it's like, what did that have to do with me and what I'm here to learn? Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. So as we wind this down, let's talk about, you know, we get that criticism. We understand the context of criticism is also, uh, in this context, is about what will help you to grow to, if you take it that way, if you understand that, take it that way. So also how do we collapse criticism that lands in a funny way? So at any given time in the world of universal law, we know that we're just energy. Energy can never be destroyed. It just exists. And that there's always a positive to a negative. That's the, that is universal law in the world of quantum physics. That's science. There can never be just a positive or negative. So wind that down in a universal law kind of way, which is at the same time somebody's criticizing you, somebody is praising you. Praising you. Mm-hmm. And you have to look for, okay, in this moment I'm being criticized, but I know on the other side of the coin is that I am being praised and there is praise for me. And so we live because there's people that support your values and there's people that go against your values. You just happen to be in this moment talking to somebody who doesn't align with your values, but you realize and start to know that there's lots of people or as many people that do. And that's the collapse. That's the neutrality that you're talking about. Yeah, there's never a one-sided magnet, right? You can't like, no matter how thin you slice it, there's always a positive and a negative side. And, you know, we can't have light without dark or love without hate or war without peace. And when you go into that conversation right now, the polarity and the divisiveness of what's happening in the in the world as we see it today, is that that's what we have to keep reminding ourselves and each other, is that there's always going to be people that agree with you, and there's going to be people that don't agree with you. And you have to be able to find a way to hear both sides in order to have possive, uh, a positive impact in your life, you have to be able to hear both sides. Right now, the cognitive dissonance is that all we're hearing is and seeing are things that are incongruent. And when you are living, that's not the champion's paradox. Incongruence is not the champion's paradox. What incongruence is, is, is I'm telling you one thing and I'm showing you something completely different and I'm wanting you to do a certain thing, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to threaten you with that. That's not a paradox. That's not a place where you can actually draw uh, feedback from. So that's one of the things that we're, you know, in my in my coaching, I call it, you have to climb on top of it. You have to climb on top of the cognitive dissonance and start to see what is negative, what is positive, and then start to draw that and, and to see that there's benefits of both right now. But if we don't 
elevate our thinking and elevate our consciousness to the point where we understand that that has to exist at the same time, then we're going to get sucked down this rabbit hole in negativity of cognitive dissonance and continually fight against things that don't matter right now. What matters right now is finding where the gifts are, finding where the feedback is, whether it's positive or negative, and then start to slowly move our decisions in the direction that we say that we want. Our goals still exist right now, Patrick. Our goals still exist. Life is still going on. The Olympic Games are still happening. People are still buying real estate. People still want to have the best they can have for their children. That's still happening right now. And through all the noise of cognitive dissonance right now is understanding that we have to be able to rise above it, find the positives, find the negatives, and then learn how to, to your point, to collapse it or do what's called neutral thinking so that we can move through this with as much consciousness, grace, clarity, and health as possible. The key is, is that we're not disconnecting from what we see as the positive or the negative. It is to be actually very conscious and the observer of both sides of the equation so that you can, in fact, neutralize or collapse it understanding that it takes both it takes both sides of the equation to develop to grow and to be the best that we can be and that all starts with self-awareness it all starts with understanding that we have this you know world that we are in our head that we live in that is the psychological the emotional the mental you know all of the chatter that goes on but when we step back from it realizing that our growth is actually in the challenges and the wins are just a measurement of our ability to learn from those challenges. And it doesn't matter. Every time you go to the next level, another challenge, another layer of growth, if you will. And another layer of probably criticism because now even smarter people are going to be coming after you. hundred percent. That's the point at every level. It, the, the, it's a cycle and it just keeps happening. The, the lesson in this, hopefully in this particular episode is to understand that is the evolution of high performance. That is the champion's paradox in any capacity. We talk about it. We continue to talk about it, whether you're a real estate investor, an entrepreneur, an athlete, a parent, you know, it doesn't matter a significant other at every level. There's a champion's, uh, we'll call it a champion's paradox because there's a benchmark. There's a way to improve and be the best you can be regardless of what you do. Stephanie Hanlon, thank you so much. I think it's been a great topic. Love this topic. Yeah, me too. And remember, you know, you're not always right and you're not always wrong. So it's really important to find that space of, of being neutral so that you can make decisions from your highest place. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends as it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.